Welcome to the Lawyerist Podcast with Sam Glover and Aaron Street. Each week, Lawyerist brings you advice and interviews to help you build a more successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. And now, here are Sam and Aaron. Hi, I'm Sam Glover. And I'm Aaron Street, and this is episode 46 of the Lawyerist Podcast, where we talk to Dan Weeks about how to figure out if your online marketing is working. Please subscribe to our show in iTunes or using your favorite podcast app, or check in every week at lawyerist.com slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, we would really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to give us a rating in iTunes. Today, we have a new sponsor on the show, the Jerry Spence Trial Lawyers College which provides CLE training to plaintiff and criminal defense lawyers. They have a three-day weekend seminar coming up in San Diego, California on January 29th to 31st on the topic of cross-examination. Get more information at triallawyerscollege.org slash lawyerist. Today's podcast is also sponsored by Ruby Receptionists. With Ruby answering your phones, you can be more productive. Visit callruby.com slash lawyerist to get a risk-free trial with Ruby. So today I want to talk about a post that Casey Flaherty put on Three Geeks and a Law Blog. And it was about a a phenomenon of which I wasn't aware before. Um, But what he points out is that uh, the discounts matter more than the ultimate fee. To whom? To clients. Sorry. Okay. So, for example, let's say you've got one law firm that that, uh, has a standard hourly rate of 600 bucks an hour, and you've got another law firm with a standard rate of 300 bucks an hour, and the more expensive firm offers a 15% discount. Well, it turns out that clients are more likely to hire the firm offering the 15% discount, even if the ultimate amount that they pay is higher and there's no other appreciable difference between the firms. Oh my, maths are hard. Maths are hard. Um, this kind of reminds me of an anecdote I read on from Reddit the other day about apparently years ago, A&W tried to release the third pounder burger to compete with the quarter pounder from McDonald's. Um, and it turned out that Americans didn't think a third pounder was larger than a quarter pounder. And so it failed, even though it was the same cost as the quarter pounder. Ouch. So, um, so the, I guess the takeaway from this article is that clients care more about your discount than your ultimate rate. And Casey has a great chart that shows that you can essentially raise your rate and your discount every year for, you know, something like 70 years before you run out of room to do that. So you raise your you raise your rate um, <laughs> and you raise uh, you every year, let's say you start out 5%, 6%, 7%, 8%. You can continue increasing your discount as long as you increase your rate um, every year. And uh, you can do that for almost a century without running out of room. So you might as well, I guess, play this game is I, I think what he's saying, um, which is kind of discouraging and annoying. But uh, but I guess that works. Okay, so I'm going to send the Starbucks gift card to the first law firm that has a 50% off blow-off sale. <laughs> I mean, why not, right? Um, offer your Christmas Everything discounts. must go. 50, 50% off our doubled rates. <laughs> I wonder if any law firms were participating in Black Friday or Cyber Monday now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Divorce is half off. Um, uh, the other takeaway uh, that I thought was interesting is... Uh, is Casey pointed out that in surveys, 
if you ask law firms why they aren't doing more to change the way they deliver legal services, um, it's because clients aren't asking for it. What they're asking for is discounts. Sam, it just occurred to me. Yes. I'm I'm changing topics here. We forgot to mention that you can donate to the podcast to keep us going. (laughs) We did forget to mention that. And you can donate uh, at a discounted rate. Can you? 50% (laughs) off? (laughs) I don't think so, actually. But we would love to get your donations. Yeah. You can give us half as much as you were planning to. Oh, wait, don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) So focus on discounts and don't worry about changing, um, especially if you represent uh, clients that are clamoring for discounts and almost nothing else because they probably don't care about anything else. Good lesson. And donate to us. And then teach your clients math. Exactly. And if you want to donate to us, by the way, it's at lawyerist.com slash podcast. And there's a big red button in the middle of the page that uh, takes you to the page where you can do that. And we would really appreciate it. That said, here's my interview with Dan Weeks. Hi, I'm Dan Weeks. I'm a serial entrepreneur that is the CEO of Lawyer Marketing Score. We create something like a FICO score for law firms on how well their online marketing presence is actually working. Gotcha. And you're on because I want to talk, I want to give you a chance to talk about Lawyer Marketing Score, but also um, I think what you're doing is trying to solve the problem of is my SEO expert actually doing anything? Is my website as good as it should be? How am I performing in search results and all of that kind of goodness, right? Exactly. So, so let's we'll get to your shortcut in the at the end, um, <laughs> but let's kind of talk about how how somebody could could maybe get an idea of whether or not they should care about this. And the question that I see posted again and again on Google, or I'm, I'm sorry, on on all kinds of lawyer groups, whether it's um, Reddit or um, local lists or the ABA Solo says, is how do I choose an SEO consultant and and honestly, I other than recommending the few people that I believe in and trust, I'm not really sure how. How does somebody go about figuring out who to hire? So if you want to vet how well your existing online efforts are working, you really have to say, do I want to look at how much traffic I'm getting from Google or how well my page search campaigns are working? So if we start just from your traffic from Google, uh, the key that I found is how many keywords are you actually getting traffic from and are those keywords valuable? There's third-party tools that you can use that you can see what percentage of your traffic is coming across the breadth of keywords and you can also look at what percentage of traffic and how much traffic are your competitors in your same region also getting for your practice area. So with so that it's kind of it's the it's the opposite approach to what some people think of which is I want my website to optimize for these words. It's actually descriptive. It's trying to figure out what website what words people are using to find your website, right? Yes, and what I find for a lot of websites, a large percentage of their traffic is actually coming to brand searches which is the search term actually has the name of the lawyers in it. Right. 
that kind of traffic doesn't really count. <laughs> those, those are just layups. Um, when I look at traffic for a website and say you're a personal injury firm, are you getting search terms that have the word lawyer or attorney or law firm in it and have terms like accident or injury and slip or and fall? Or at least are related to the problem that you're worth yes. solving. I mean, like I, because th- I think of the, if they're searching for my name or the name of the firm, I actually think that's probably offline marketing or yeah. um, earned media or it, it's things that don't actually have to do with um, search traffic or, um, right. or link building and stuff. Right. Because those are, I know Sam Glover, I forget the name of his URL. Mm-hmm. Or um, I don't know how to find his office or yeah, so, or whatever. Yeah. So, so those aren't really where you should focus. What I see for a number of law firms is when I look at the type of traffic they get, it's very niche based on maybe a blog post they did a year ago and Google's sending them traffic just tied to something that happened to have been mentioned in the blog post, which has nothing really to do with the fact that you're a lawyer. Mm. Uh, I used to get a ton of traffic for an animated GIF from The Matrix. Yeah. (laughs) My last company... We had cool logos of companies that we actually did a numeric rating for their 401k. Mm-hmm. We were really high in Google Images only because we had a cool version of their logo. Gotcha. Okay. But, you know, it's, but, but I think if you really want to know how well you're doing, you want to say, okay, for my law firm, I'm getting traffic across 15 different keywords that are all the type of searches my ideal client would be using. Mm-hmm. And then... Are you position 20 for those keywords or are you position one, two, or three? Because your vendor, your marketing vendor might get you lots of keywords, but if you're not in the, the top few, it's not going to really help. So you're saying don't focus on the long tail, focus on the short tail. Well, I'm saying if you're focused on the long tail, just make sure you're in the top few positions for it. So for example, if you are able to be in the top one or two positions for five search terms, all that are only 10 searches a month in your area, you're going to get more clicks from that, which are long tail, but you're ranked high, than being number 30 on the highest search volume term in your market. And the, and the, the point of doing this is trying to figure out um, where could an SEO expert actually help you? Yes. So what I found, for example, in some very competitive markets, we just did something for national trial lawyers that was just posted today, where we looked at the top five SEO, I mean, the top five personal injury firms across the biggest 20 metro areas. Mm-hmm. When we looked in there, we found some of the smaller law firms that actually did well were very narrow in their focus. They had Work accident lawyer, singular and plural. Work accident attorney, singular and plural. Work accident law firm, singular and plural. And they got the top few positions for all six of those terms. Gotcha. And I, I should—it's probably worth reiterating to the listeners that when when you go to figure out where you rate on Google, you know where you where you are in the search results, whether it's first or thirtieth. 
you cannot search in the regular browser mode. You have to use an incognito mode because otherwise Google knows who you are and what you're interested in. And it will, of course, give you results for your own website higher up. Um, and so just remember to, to use an incognito mode or use a tool that that deletes that information or, or ignores the, that personalized information about you. I, c- I can mention a couple of the tools yeah. that, that could be useful for that. Um, there's two of them that I like, and these tools are both um, have a free version, and then if you pay more, they'll give you additional data. Uh, one of them is called SEMrush, S-E-M-R-U-S-H, and the other one is called SpyFu, S-P-Y-F-U, uh, P- yeah, F-U. Um, both of the tools um, let you type in a keyword like Chicago personal injury lawyer, and then they'll actually show you how many people search for that nationally in the last month. And then who is ranking number one, two, three, four. And I, I believe both of the tools go down to like the top 100. Hmm, interesting. And from that, it is nice because you can see, oh, that's interesting. Um that's the most competitive term that everyone's shooting for. But as I mentioned earlier, if you can be ranked higher on some least, a less competitive terms, it's actually a better strategy if you don't have a, a super large uh, marketing budget. Because well, Yeah, especially because the, everybody's going to be going after. That's um, the fortified hill. Yeah. And, you, and you're, you're going to have to throw a lot of money and troops at that if you really want to make it work. Yeah, and and the challenge is you're competing against Avo and FineLaw and Lawyers.com and Thumbtack. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the highest ranked organic positions are actually directory services. Hmm. So, um, so once you have a general idea of where you might be able to do well, um, you still are faced with the daunting task of going out and finding an SEO consultant to help you. And how do you how do you choose between them? Do you just look for a referral or, or do you just pick one? Um, I think it's, it's a combination of both. Um, I think you want to be able to say, show me some examples of your clients. And if you use one of those two tools that I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. like say they have, um, Smith injury law as one of their clients, you can go to that tool and actually look well, what type of keywords is Smith Injury Law getting from that SEO vendor? Are they in the top five on some of these higher volume search terms? Are they in position 20 and position 30? So ask, lit- for, ask for their some of their clients and then yes. use these And then use these tools. tools, yes, to at least look and... You know, you can look for clients if you're in a big competitive market like LA. Make sure you they have clients in large competitive markets. If they're in smaller markets like Springfield, Missouri, see how they do in the in the small markets because you know your budget's going to be different on those two. And some of the vendors might do much better in big markets with big budgets and might not even be interested in the in the smaller markets. Gotcha. But and is it is there do either of these tools have historical data so that you could look back and see how that vendor how that marketer improved their their results over time? Yes. Um, 
the paid version of SEM Rush actually has the ability to go back multiple years. Oh, and cool. That's that's very interesting. Um, yeah, because ideally, what you want to see is not just are they doing well, and and any yes. knucklehead could keep them on the tops of the charts. What you really want to be able to see is did this did this vendor make a difference? Yes, and you know if you know this vendor started with this law firm a year and a half ago, you know a lot of times it's easy to get momentum early because they'll do the low hanging fruit, they'll do the quick stuff. Mm-hmm. The question is, three months later, six months later, are they still growing the number of visitors they're sending to that website? Or did it bottom out early? Well, yeah, because what you really want to know is, are you getting anything for that really steep monthly paycheck that you're giving them? Uh, Because a lot of them promise to do ongoing work. Yes, and typically the ongoing work, the easiest ongoing work is what they'll do early. Mm -hmm. You know, because they, they want quick successes. It's the, it's when the quick successes are gone is a real test of the character of the vendor. Gotcha. So, um, so let's say you're you're already using an SEO marketer, uh, SEO consultant. I'm, I'm not really sure what to call them. Do we just call them SEOs? Sure. All right. So let's say you're already working with an SEO, and um, which I guess means search engine optimizer. Um, <laughs> so how do you how do you figure out if you're getting your money's worth once you are already working with them? Same tools and just maybe you invest in the paid version so you can go and get some historical data on how your website has grown in performance over time? Yeah, you, you want to do that. But the other interesting thing you can do with the paid tools is if you typed in the paid tool like uh, Chicago Personal Injury Lawyer, um, it'll actually recommend other search terms that are similar to that mm-hmm. and the search volume. And, and what's interesting there is the reports you're getting from your SEO vendor might be the lower um, search volume terms that are actually relatively easy to rank for. It's it's nice as a lawyer to realize, hmm, there's actually 50 search terms that are all over 100 searches a month that are relevant to me, but my report that I'm getting doesn't seem to have any of those keywords in it. Gotcha. Because really what it is, like when we've done an analysis... In in short, it doesn't do any good to rank for search terms that aren't going to bring in business. Correct. Or search terms that are easy to get ranked for because no one cares. Yeah. Yeah. So... In LA, for example, it's a very competitive personal injury market. When we've done the analysis of just what are the search terms that someone's actively looking for a personal injury attorney and have a bid price from Google for AdWords, meaning multiple people are trying to get ads tied to that keyword, there's over 400 keywords. Hmm. So there's, there's a breadth of ways that you can place bets. You know, it's almost unlike a roulette wheel where you get to put one <laughs> one bet. You you can play you can play this as many as you want, but I think strategically, unless you have the really big budget, you don't want to place all your chips on that one search term, the ego term, which is usually your city name followed by personal injury lawyer. Right. Uh, by the way, I was uh, just for listeners. I was glancing at SEM Rush's prices, and a month of it is seventy dollars. And SpyFu, which was the other one you mentioned, and we'll of course provide those links, 
um, it looks like the monthly, it's 80 bucks a month if you just pay monthly. So for 70 or 80 bucks, you can run these tests and just use it for a month if you want and, and find out how your, how your SEO is doing. Um, what about, what about other aspects of online marketing? What else should an SEO be doing? Um, I, th- I think I want you to say link building, but I'm not really yeah, sure that I know what that is. Yeah. There's two other things that are actually three things. The first one is how much useful, how many pages of useful content do you have on your website? Mm-hmm. Um, Google's all about the words that you use on your website. So if your website is only has five pages and the law firm across the street has a hundred, that law firm across the street most likely is going to get a lot more traffic than you. Because gotcha. Google is going to be able to find a lot more words, appropriate words, interspersed throughout your website. So you need to have content. Google likes ongoing content. And when you mention links, links are just when one website hyperlinks or it has a link to another website. And, and Google treats those like votes of confidence or votes of yes. quality. Yes. So, but Google also knows how important is this person linking to you? Mm-hmm. So it's more about quality and not just quantity. It used to be, you know, you could go on Fiverr and get a whole bunch of links to your website. And Google sees that. And Google sees, oh, you just, over the last 24 hours, you, you went from 10 links to your website to 5,000. And those 5,000 links have nothing to do with law. Well, and that's a really good point because, uh, you know, I, I just experienced a, a new company went, must have gone out and hired a marketing, uh, a marketing company that went out and uh, started spamming comments and it hit a bunch of different blogs. And uh, it was obviously spamming with links. It was just trying to um, paste links in everywhere it could and you know those are those are valueless links anyway um, and it also just pisses off the people that might otherwise link to you um, but what is the right way to go about generating links are there some generally accepted strategies or yeah Google looks at the rate at which you increase links okay you know so not a, not a hundred a day yeah because if if the, your past was was 10 a week, and all of a sudden you're at 100 a day, that, doesn't, that looks artificial. It doesn't yeah. look natural. Um, it also looks at, if you're a lawyer, Google loves links from the local chamber of commerce, the Better Business Bureau. Anything that reinforces your local presence as a business, Google loves. So part of it might just be reaching out to organizations that you could oh, yeah. easily get links from anyway by just saying, hey, can they add me to your directory or... One trick that a lot of law firm marketing firms have have learned works really well. Google loves links from EDUs, mm-hmm. universities, and scholarships. A lot of law firms can set up, say, a $1,000 scholarship, so it doesn't cost much. But you can get the actual universities or the high schools to point at your law firm website, where they never normally would. <laughs> hmm. But because you have a scholarship, they would. And it's you know, it's a very ethical way to do it because you are going to make that money available. Oh, yeah. But 
But huh. the key thing for a link is it's an exchange of value. And I think a lot of law firms have a hard time to figure out, well, why would someone point at my website? Well, and, and why would they? Because most lawyers just write the same 25 um, you know, frequently asked question articles that every yeah. other lawyer writes. You know, one of the things that I found when I was writing a blog, uh, when I was actively practicing, was I wrote an article that still ranks really well uh, and gets a ton of traffic for you know, what to do when you're served with a debt collection lawsuit because there that yeah. information didn't exist anywhere else out there. And if you, now everybody tries to write that article and I'm pretty sure I'm beating most of them because mine's been around forever, but writing the same thing that people can find elsewhere doesn't do any good, but writing original stuff, and this isn't, this isn't SEO tricks. This is if you write original stuff, other people will find it useful and want to send people to it. And so they will link to it, whether it's from Twitter or their own blogs or the local, you know, newspaper no, or whatever. You're, so. you're totally correct. Like if you had a blog post of the three things to be very careful with before you talk to an insurance investor, uh, adjuster, mm-hmm. that that could be interesting. Assuming because, 85 other people haven't already written that post. Correct. But the question <laughs> is, is, did you do it in a way that I just learned two important things from that? Right. But if what you did is said the same thing that everyone else does, it's not valued. But you know, when you mentioned earlier, links are just kind of like a thumbs up. They're like Google's version of a like. <laughs> exactly. And so the you want a lot of pages of content, you you want links. And the third one is I think your SEO company needs to really be more your concierge of how you're using the internet. And part of that is, is your SEO helping you get in the directory services for lawyers? Hmm. Because um, if, and there's a lot of free directories, if you're not in the free directories, um, knowing that those are often the highest ranking URLs for organic search in Google, Hmm. you're, you're leaving money on the table. And, and so, and like, what what are the free directories? I I, I guess there are, people are always asking me to pay, give them money to join a directory, and I just ignore them all. Well, there's a free version you can get on Justia. There's a free version you can get on Avo. There's a free version you can get on YP. I see. Yep. But and and there's a paid version from each also. But I guess what I'm saying is, if you're an SEO. I believe what you really need to be doing with your law firm client is help them get more traffic from Google. Mm-hmm. And part of getting more traffic from Google is many people are going to go to Avo. And from within Avo, they're going to pick their lawyer. They're not necessarily going to pick it directly from the Google search. So right. if, if you're not, and in Avo, like for personal injury, I believe there's like 14 different Keywords within Avo tied to personal injury. There's dog bite. There's a, a lot of subcategories. But I think the the SEO companies who really say, "Let me help you get traffic multiple ways to your website, where you're not having to pay per lead, but I'm going to get you a lot of free traffic." Those are the kind of SEOs who are thinking more about putting themselves in the law firm shoes and not just forcing one approach to get traffic to the website. 
And before we move on, I, I think you had mentioned a tool to me before we started recording for checking all of those incoming links to your website, which sounds useful to me because I I don't think like when I try and search Google for backlinks, I'm not sure that it's accurate. So yeah, so that's the name of the tool that I like is Ahrefs. It's A H E R F S. No, uh, A H R E F S. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> that's that's from H- the uh, the HTML H- code for forming yes. the link. Um, so the reason I like that tool is it lets you look back in time also. Mm-hmm. So in, in that earlier example, if you started with a, an SEO a year and a half ago, you can go back and look at, okay, every month since then, is it a consistent increase in links or did the increase in links really just happen in the first couple of months? And that it looks like the pricing is eighty bucks a month, just like some of the others. So it's it's kind of uh, if you just wanted to check occasionally, that seems like a pretty good deal. And I assume there's a free version too. There, there's a free version on on all of them, and it's actually pretty powerful because when I teach SEO classes, um, I use the free version just to show how this works. And I think once you use the free version, you realize, well, if I'm going to pay for one, the tool I like the best is this or, or it's that. Mm-hmm. And, and which is the one that you like the best? Um, for um, looking at competitive analysis, I like SpyFu. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, looking for links, I like Ahrefs. So, um, so now I want to talk about the sh- easy shortcut version of all of this, which is lawyer marketing score. And we we chatted about this a little bit at Clio's conference and um, uh, and I've talked to a couple of other uh, marketing people about it. And it's and I like your description of it as sort of a FICO score for your website. Um, the idea being that all of this other stuff is really complicated and wouldn't it be nice if you could just get a number and then compare it to other other law firms and lawyers and see how you rate, right? Exactly. Because I think what I've found is no one, I don't know any lawyers who want to be an expert on this. Um, <laughs> in, in general, I know a lot of lawyers who wish the yellow pages still worked. Right. Because you wrote a check, and if the phone didn't ring enough, you probably wrote a bigger check the following year. Mm-hmm. And the beauty in the FICO score is... If your FICO score is below a certain amount, you know, boy, if I raise it 30 points, I'm actually going to lower my interest rate. And so what we're doing with lower your marketing score is we look at your traffic from Google. We look at how smart you are with the directory services. We look at the links to your website. We look at your use of social media. We, we combine it all together, but we convert it to a single number. And the nice thing is, with lawyer marketing score, we don't just show you your number. We show you the number of the five law firms in your same practice area closest to you. And right, and, think, and just clarify for me right now, it's really you're right now you're really just rating personal injury firms, is that right? Yeah, I'm starting with personal injury, and it's it's because 23 of the 25 most expensive Google AdWords terms are personal injury. Mm-hmm. And I will move in the coming months, we'll move on to all of the practice areas. Criminal defense, DUI are top of mind of what we would move to next. Mm-hmm. 
but but I think what we found from lawyers is if I tell you you're a 23 out of 100, that's nice. But if you also know the person across the street is a 90, and then you can see why they're a 90, it often is that compelling argument to say, you can go to your current vendor. Why is the person across the street getting three times the clicks from Google? Because mm-hmm. what we did is, you know, that earlier example of the 400 keywords in Los Angeles, we already added up the 400 keywords and normalized it on how important each keyword was and where you actually ranked on each keyword. And so what you're, what that number is really trying to represent is if you've got a 90, then you're getting three times the business of a 20, 29 or a 30, right? Yeah. So you can look... Or at least you're getting three times the potential business. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of like, it's a stacked rank. Everything that Google does is a stacked rank. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a 50 and the other guy's a 70, you got 20 slots to move up to go ahead of that person. And what we've learned is a lot of times you might currently be a 70, but one of your competitors just changed the game and is quickly moving up on you. Mm -hmm. So we have the ability with a paid service if you want to track over time how your score modified, but... What yeah, I've seen, which is also how you would find out whether your current SEO vendor is doing any good for you. Correct. So your initial number is a great way of knowing, well, am I doing any good? But the other thing that's nice is you could go out, say you're doing it yourself and you're a 23, you could actually get quotes from other SEOs. What will it cost to move me from a 23 to a 50 within six months? Mm-hmm. Because then there's something tangible that you're holding your vendor accountable against as opposed to the typical SEO contract doesn't have really hard numbers in it. And, that's and, what and even if you did, you, you'd, you'd have to worry that they're th- whether or not they're the right numbers. Yeah. So th- I mean, like, so like you were talking about earlier, um, you could put a term in there saying you're going to rank me higher on these keywords, which they may have told you are the ones that you should rank for, and maybe they aren't the ones that are going to do you any good. So this is a more objective measurement than that. Yes. So for personal injury alone, we're tracking over 15,000 keywords across all 210 metro areas. So it's a lot of data. But the key thing is, is when you take all that data and you convert it into a single number, you've provided some peace of mind. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know all the details that went into the FICO score. You just want to know, I'm a 793. Yep. Okay. That's so that's, and you said it's free. What's the, and, and it's free to find out what your score is. It costs money if you want to track it over time. Yes. And the way we, in the primary way we make money, is if the lawyer decides, can you connect me with the highest performing lawyer marketing vendors? Mm-hmm. We can do that. You know, gotcha. part of what we do in order to get your lawyer marketing score, we get something back called the net promoter score, where we, we get on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to recommend your current internet marketing vendor to a friend from law school? That's the way we're wording it. Gotcha. Uh, imagine internet marketing where all the vendors have something similar to an Amazon seller score. Right. It, a lot of things would change for the better. 
And so uh, people can find out those vendor scores now? Uh, no, that's part of what our process will be. I got you. Know? you. That's soon. Coming soon. Yes. So, so as we're... As we're providing this data for free for the lawyers, we're proactively mapping out who are the doers and who are the talkers. Mm -hmm. And then over time, um, when you want to get a new vendor and say your budget is $1,000 a month, we'll actually have the data to say, well, the highest scoring from a satisfaction perspective of law firm marketing vendors in your budget is this group. And then what we can do is be more like a match.com to actually connect you with the good guys. I mean, right now, it's very difficult to know the good guys versus the bad guys. Good point. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll add, you know, kind of that uh, your online marketing is only um, the first step of the process, obviously. Um, I, I know I've seen a lot of lawyers who spend big bucks on advertising and then have a website uh, that just that doesn't convert, meaning people right. land there and they're confused. They aren't sure what to do next. They have a difficult time finding contact information. Uh, you don't provide them with something that gets them to stay there long enough to call you, um, whatever. Um, but the, my point being that the other half of the process after you've got somebody to your website is what are you going to do with them? And we all think about it in terms of, well, once I talk to them, you know, I, then I'm in sales mode. But, um, but the sale is already happening or the, or the conversion from a potential client to a client is already happening once they land on your website. Um, and so just because uh, you aren't getting, getting business from your website doesn't mean it's the fault of your marketing person. Uh, sometimes it's the fault of your website. I, I only bring that up because I, I once um, uh, worked with somebody who wanted me to promote his firm on my consumer law blog, and this was after I'd stopped doing it, and he was a bankruptcy lawyer in California, and um, he got fired up because uh, he wasn't getting any business from it, and I he had he had gotten dozens and dozens of, uh, of clicks, and uh, I went to his website, and it was just a, a complete mess. And um, so I, I would say kind of the last piece of SEO, maybe, or maybe the first piece, is making sure that your website will actually convert people when they get there. And that's worth not worth neglecting. It's worth not neglecting, too. So I think, I think that's a whole additional business that we could do with Lawyer Marketing Score of many lawyers use one company for helping them with conversion, another one in traffic. Mm -hmm. We'll be tracking both. Yeah. So we'll be able to know well, who are the highest satisfaction vendors for online conversion. You know, we also can be tracking which of the online chat solutions are you happiest with. Right. You know, it's just the more all of this becomes rated with numerics, the more it'll be clarifying where the decisions will be logical and not emotional. Are you worried that uh, that it'll be able to be gamed? Well, good question. I don't think so because the only people I'm going to ask for the score are the people currently using the vendor. Mm -hmm. Unlike Yelp, all of us can vote for anything in Yelp, but the only time I'm going to use the score in, in my calculations is you're currently using that vendor. Gotcha. And that's how I keep it from being gamed because... That's the problem of a lot of 
things that you can measure now, you don't know, is that person measuring it actually even a user? Right. Well, Dan, thank you so much for being with us today and talking us through um, assessing SEO vendors and performance of online marketing. And it's been super interesting. And uh, lawyermarketingscore.com is where you can find Dan's tool. And uh, stay tuned if you're not a personal injury lawyer. Um, Dan, thanks for being with us today. Really enjoyed our chat. Thanks for having me. This was great. are a plaintiff's trial lawyer and you want new tools to win over your juries, the Jerry Spence Trial Lawyers College can help. You can join the Trial Lawyers College at their upcoming three-day seminar on cross-examination in San Diego. That's January 29th through the 31st. Lawyerist listeners who register for the seminar will receive a free signed copy of Jerry Spence's new book, Police State, How America's Cops Are Getting Away with Murder, dealing with the very timely topic of the ongoing racism in our police departments. For more information and to register for the San Diego seminar in January, go to triallawyerscollege.org slash lawyerist. This podcast is sponsored by Ruby Receptionists. Now, Ruby is a sponsor, but I was also a paying customer. Ruby answered the phones for my law firm, so I know what I'm talking about when I say you really should give Ruby a try. And you should. Callers regularly told me how nice my receptionist was. Ruby made it easy for me to make my clients feel well cared for when they called. But what really made Ruby stand out for me was the way they treated me. If you've heard me talk about Ruby before, you've probably heard this story already, but when my first daughter was born, I pulled up the Ruby app on my phone on the way to the hospital and updated my status so Ruby would know to hold my calls for 48 hours because I was going to be in the hospital for the birth of my first child. And then a few days later, when I checked in at my office, there was a little care package with a really nice onesie and a rattle and a bib and a couple of other things. And I was just so touched by that, obviously, because I'm still telling the story, and now my daughter is six. But the point is that Ruby knows how to take care of people, both you and your callers, and I'm confident you will be just as happy with Ruby as I still am, because Ruby is still answering the phones now at Lawyerist. So you should give Ruby a try, and to do that, you just need to go to callruby.com lawyerist and sign up, and Ruby will waive the $95 setup fee. And if you aren't happy for any reason, you can get your money back during your first three weeks with Ruby. I'm pretty sure you will stick around, though. But since there's no risk, you might as well try. To make sure you catch next week's episode of The Lawyerist Podcast, subscribe to The Lawyerist Podcast in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. You can listen to it at lawyerist.com podcast. You can also subscribe to The Lawyerist Insider, our weekly newsletter. Just go to lawyerist.com and look down the sidebar or click on newsletter up at the top. We'll remind you where to find the podcast whenever we release a new episode. Thanks for listening.